We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. McBride from the corner. That won't go. And that'll do it. Disappointing performance. And again, Knicks came in with momentum, came in with confidence, and were dominated. Okay. Mm. That was a humbling, humbling afternoon. Um, before I get to the game, um, which is <clears> – <throat> I don't even have the words to describe this game. I, I will, though, in a few minutes. Uh, as we're waiting for people to get here from their from their television sets, let me first say uh, happy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everyone out there. Um, I hope, you know, obviously we're all sitting here disappointed about the um, result of a basketball game. Uh, try to keep things in perspective I don't really know what to say about Dr. King other than that he is the most important person that this country has probably ever known. Um, Very thankful he existed. Um, Very thankful that uh, because of his efforts and um, how much he strived in the face of just unconscionable adversity, uh, he because of everything he did gets has an impact or had an impact that still, you know, makes someone like me have to sit and, and be aware and um, accountable for their white privilege every day. Um, you know, I wish his impact was felt even more. Uh, wish he was still here. Um, you know, wish the world were a better place. Uh, but I hope everybody, you know, takes a second today and just thinks about the man and what he stood for and what he died for and uh, maybe thinks of, I don't know, something they could do to uh, to honor him, honor his memory and, uh, you know, try to do something to make the world a slightly better place um, because God knows it needs it. 
All right. Um, let's talk about a basketball game uh, that has a final score of 97 to 87, which, of course, is not indicative of the game that was played. I've been thinking for the last 10, 15 minutes about how to put this game into the right words because uh, it was a w- like there are ass kickings and then there are ass kickings. And like, yes, I know they were down by 23 at one point and they were down by, you know, close to 20 points for the large majority of this game. Um, but they, this game was, I, this is going to sound crazy. This game was there for them to take. It was a golden opportunity with LaMelo ball on the sidelines. Um, the Hornets are a gifted offensive team. You saw that at certain points today. Um, you know, I'm going to speak about the defense in a bit, but like, did the Hornets let up a little bit? And is that why they only scored 97 points? Yes. A little bit at the same time, the Knicks did clean up their defense at some point. It was too little too late. And that gets into the issues that they had on offense. I mean, there are losses that make you angry. There are losses that you're like, eh, we go back and we live to see another day. There are losses that you're actually proud of the effort. And then there are frustrating losses. And I think a lot of the losses that they've had this season have made me either angry or sad. This loss has left me very frustrated because again, it was a huge game and they, they did not show up with the poise, with the crispness, with the execution necessary to, to win the game. And I mean, you could simplify all of what I'm saying and, and, and all of this whole diatribe with, like, they just didn't play well. And, like, yes, they didn't play well. And I understand that, that, that ultimately that's what it comes down to. And, look, they're a mediocre team. Mediocre teams are going to play mediocre to poor basketball at times just as much as they're going to play mediocre to good basketball at times. The Knicks have played mediocre to good basketball for a little while now. Today they played mediocre to poor basketball. And that included everything under the sun. That included not making shots. I know they ended up hitting 12 of 34 from long range. They didn't hit threes when it mattered. They were uh, pretty atrocious around the basket at both ends in terms of finishing plays where they got any penetration um, and in terms of grabbing rebounds on the defensive end as opposed to um, hitting it out of bounds. I lost count of the amount of balls that went off Nick fingertips and retained possession with Charlotte. Um As Mike Breen pointed to several times throughout the broadcast, just, you know, not playing up enough on these guys. But at the same time, why weren't they playing up on these guys enough? Because um, Charlotte, you know, players were penetrating left and right uh, early on in this game. And the Knicks starters on defense, I did not think came out with, again, I'll use the same words, a level of crispness, a level of execution, a level of like staying grounded that they needed to. And they cleaned it up a little bit in the second quarter and they cleaned it up, I think, a lot in the third quarter. I thought they came out better in the third quarter for sure. Um, and then, you know, the Hornets just, you know, made some tough shots there and, and the damage was done. I mean, you cannot allow a player to come into your building and score whatever the fuck Miles Bridges scored in the first quarter. That's where he did his damage. I know he ended up with 38 points for the game. It was the first quarter. Miles Bridges came out in the first quarter and said, I'm going to win us this basketball game. And the Knicks let him. And really, if, if you know, that's, that's going to be the headline in, uh, you know, your, your AP write-ups tomorrow and your ESPN write-up tomorrow. 
And that's honestly what all that needs to be said. One guy came out and was like, I'm going to win us this game in the next letter because they didn't have anyone to stop him. Uh, Julius Randle, God love him. He's been playing better basketball of late. I'm not even going to put this loss on Julius, but like, you know, that was your matchup and you got eaten. You got absolutely eaten the fuck alive. And, uh, you know, they tried putting bigs on him. It didn't work. I would love to see RJ take a stab at him early on. They obviously wanted RJ, I think, on Gordon Hayward, which, you know, whatever. Gordon, Gordon's, you could argue that Gordon's their biggest offensive threat. So it is what it is. Um, just a frustrating loss. I really don't know how many ways I could say it. It was a frustrating fucking loss. Um, and it was a reminder that, like, for all, all of us have been getting hyped up about, like, hey, maybe this team still has a run at the six seed in them. Or uh, let's go get that, you know, home play-in game. Like, this is still a mediocre team. And they're still capable of these performances. And the one thing I haven't really talked about yet is, oh, by the way, we only scored 87 points tonight. Why do we only score 87 points tonight? Because they lack a certain amount of skill um, on the offensive end of the floor. And if teams are going to play the Knicks in his own and play Barrett to go to go right, if he wants to go right, dare guys to hit shots against them, which they were obviously daring Julius Randle to do all night. He was obliging them, and he ended up going to six, uh, three of seven from deep, which is not bad. But like that takes away that takes the Knicks out of their offense. The Hornets did a great job today of taking away all the stuff that the, they know the Knicks want to do to get into their comfort zone. And they said, we're not going to let you get into your comfort zone. We are going to play you um, such that if you're going to beat us in the ways that you're usually uncomfortable beating or trying to beat teams, you know, taking any three point shot when it's available to them, not part of the Knicks comfort zone, at least not lately. Um, you know, the, the Knicks get there. The Knicks get there. Uh, let me just be very specific here, and then I'm going to get to the Super Chat because this is the last thing I really want to say. The Knicks take a lot of threes. It's not that the Knicks aren't comfortable taking threes, but the Knicks take their threes based off of dribble penetration um, and Julius Randle backing down, backing down, backing down, drawing the second body, and then kicking out. Those are the threes the Knicks like to take. Um, or with certain personnel, they like to take off the dribble threes, if you're talking about quickly or Kemba, if we ever see him again, which I don't think we will. Um, Hornets said, we're not going to let you take those threes. If you want to take threes with, uh, you know, our, our guy, a couple feet off of you, basically the, the threes that the Knicks were allowing the Hornets to take. Um, if you want to take those threes, take those threes. The Knicks are not, that's, those aren't the threes they want to take. It's not in the flow of their offense. Again, they like penetration. Um, and they were, they were allowing Barrett to penetrate early, but they're like, we're going to allow you to penetrate, but if you're going to hit those shots, you're going to hit those shots, and we're going to live with it, and you didn't hit the shots. You know? Um, again, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels here. I should probably say a couple good things before I get to the Super Chat. I thought Mitchell Robinson played a really nice game. Uh, his effort level was really good. But they had to find a way to take more advantage of, of Mitchell Robinson's presence out there with Miles. And, and Miles Plumley's an underrated center. I, I don't mean to disparage him. He, he's a good center. He could make plays on the short roll. Um, but like, you know, Mitch still had some nice moments, should have had more nice moments. The move he put on was obviously the highlight of the game. Uh, I don't really have much great to say about anybody else. Obi obviously had some moments. Very nice to see. Um, I, I'm, if anybody's going to try to be like, oh, they should have played Obi more and it would have changed the outcome of this game. I'm not going to be here for that. I'm telling you right now. Um, he was getting owned on defense in the first half, just like everybody was. Um 
you know, yeah, Grimes brought some nice energy. I mean, I, I don't know what compliments I'm supposed to give here. Uh, I, I, I don't have many. Uh, on that note, let's get to the Super Chat. Uh, Haitian Ferg with our first comment, and it's a comment that I like. Um, our lack of a point guard gets exposed every time we play a sound defensive team. Here's the thing, though. The Hornets are one of the three or four worst defensive teams in basketball. Uh, they're, they're not a good defensive team. And they just came in with a game plan, and the game plan was, hey, you guys don't have a point guard. We're going to make you beat us in the ways that you don't want to beat us. And it showed. And this is a game where the Knicks needed a point guard. Um, another trade needs to happen to bring in a point guard that can break down defenses and distribute. I mean, they have a guy that can break down defenses and Derek Rose. Um, he'll be back and that'll be a big help. You know, you're going to hear a lot of Jalen Brunson news and rumors from now until they trade for him or until they try to acquire him in the off season. Uh, there's a reason they're going to be in on him. Um, he doesn't present the defensive issues that Kemba does, and he's more comfortable playing off the ball when that's going to be more of his role. Um, yes, they need that player. Absolutely. Because uh, they don't have that player right now. Uh, okay. Of course, Super Chat is already acting up on me. Uh, okay. Keeping it moving along. D Black. I know the Knicks are honoring MLK today, but nonviolent resistance is, I, I can't help but laugh at this, but nonviolent resistance doesn't extend to the basketball court. Yeah, I mean, Breen said it at the end of the game. They were, there was a lack of physicality. Um, you know, and I, I, probably, I didn't phrase it that way, but yes, there was a lack of physicality. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I, they have shown that at times this year, but if there's been, if you, of all the things that you could point to, and again, we're talking about a team that since since the and here's the crazy part: their defensive rating is going to go down today. It's going to get even better since the first six games of the season where they just weren't trying on defense. Like they're, they've been a borderline top ten defense, but their lack of physicality is the difference between being, you know, a borderline top ten defense and being one of the three or four best defenses in basketball, where your image, where your 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 identity is your defense. Their identity is not their defense. They can play sound defense, and they usually do play sound defense. I thought tonight, even for the most part, like, like that's the part where I keep going back to that word, frustrating. The defense was sound in principle in like where they were and what they were doing and like cover, like helping and for the most part. Um, but it wasn't physical. Like they weren't getting into guys. And that's, you know, that's a little bit of a personnel issue too. Um, RJ's not, I mean, I, I know he's built like he's built. He's not a physical defender. Fournier's not a physical defender. Julius Randle like was, I mean, he was burnt chicken today. Um you know they, they're they're missing that that edge, uh, and it and it showed. Um, Hush Zoo, just out talented, outclassed. Uh, Miles Bridges just showed he's a better, most improved player than Jew. Uh, had a sad, just a sad game, but at least we have Cam coming soon. I mean, a couple comments on that. If you want to see Exhibit A of why the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish, uh, just watch this game. Like, you need talent, you need skill. You need skill to win in the NBA. Cam Reddish is fucking atrocious at a lot of aspects of uh, NBA basketball. Uh, Decision-making uh, in terms of how many mid-rangers he takes and off-ball stuff. Um, he is not a great shooter above the break. Um, 
but that dude has skill. I mean, you could argue that Cam Reddish has more skill than anyone on the Knicks, like right now. And that's not a crazy statement. Um, will it work out for him here? Will he figure out the other stuff that is going to allow him to, you know, display his skill? I have no idea. But there's a reason that a team like the Knicks is going to take a chance um, on a guy like Cam Reddish, in addition to all the stuff that Jeremy and I talked about for today's pod. Um, I I actually am going to push back a little bit on the out-talented thing. I, I actually I kind of think without LaMelo Ball, the talent level was about the same. And the, the, the Hornets just used their talent better than the Knicks. Um, I'll say this. The Hornets had more top-end talent today. Like Gordon Hayward was better than anyone on the Knicks today. Miles Bridges obviously goes without saying that he was better than anybody on the Knicks today. Um, and Terry Rozier did not have a good game. But, like, even there were a couple moments in the first half where I thought Terry Rozier came up really big. Like, he came up big when he needed to come up big. Um, four of 11 from deep. You'll take that from Rozier any day of the week. Seven assists, six rebounds, you know, 22 points. Like, that. that's a that's a good Rozier game. Um, yeah, outclassed. Outclassed, I'll agree with. Um, Chris Carter, thanks for uh, your contribution. Um, Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? Always good to see you. Obviously, the defense wasn't much better, but most concerning, our offense is just so inconsistent that a weak defense just needs to turn on their zone and curtains. How wasn't the paint open? Um, I mean, the paint wasn't open because they weren't letting the Knicks get into the paint. They were daring the Knicks to just fire away from deep when they got the ball. And more to the point, like, they were swarming the Knicks ball handlers out towards the perimeter. And because the Knicks don't have a true point guard, like the Knicks had nothing to do with that. Like, here's the thing. You can swarm RJ Barrett from 35 feet out or 30 feet out. And like, look, RJ Barrett, I wrote all kinds of glowing shit about him today, but let's not pretend that there aren't still holes in RJ Barrett's game. And one of them is like, if a defense is going to put two on the ball, and you're 30 or 32 or 35 feet out from the hoop, you have to figure out a way to, like, rocket that pass out quick and start the domino, start the chain of dominoes where, you're off, where your team could benefit from that. You know, and part of the issue there is that the Knicks, and I, again, I just praised him because he had a great game, and he had a move that, like, is going gonna, is gonna to contradict the thing that I'm about to say. But, like, Mitchell Robinson is – like, that is where your center needs to be able to grab the ball 18 feet from the hoop and make a play because no one's going to be around him because that's who you're, that's, that's where the help is coming from. The help is come was, I mean, I would need to go back and watch it, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the help is coming with, from uh, Plumlee, which is going to leave Mitch open. Um, and, and you need to be able to toss the ball into your center and trust that that guy is going to make a quick decision, make a quick play. And that's not a part of the Knicks offense. Now he did it something with the ball once today. And that was great to see. He's done it once in four, in three and a half years, you know? Um, you know, but some of that's on RJ too. Like there were other, there were other outlets I'm sure that he could have made and he, and he just did it. So not, not a great RJ game by any stretch. Um, but you know, again, helps to have a point guard. Um, helps to have a point guard. Um, CT Pittman, what's going on CT? Always a pleasure. Um, I get what you're saying, Macri. Uh, thank you. Frustrating loss because this was a chance to make a statement and move up in the Eastern Conference standings after the way they played as of late. Uh, shame on me. Egg on my face. Um, any any other analogy you want to use? Um, oh, it was just announced, by the way, that uh, – wow. 
This is a surprise. Um, R.J. Barrett didn't win Player of the Week for the Eastern Conference, but neither did Joel Embiid. Darius Garland, Player of the Week for the East. Well, you know what? I'm going to say it. Good for Darius Garland. Darius Garland's been fucking awesome all year. Uh, he should make the All-Star team, and um, he's really good. Uh, so shout out to him. Anyway, back to CT's comment. Again, egg on my face. I thought they turned a corner. Um, you know, but like how big, I guess uh, in defense of myself, how big of a corner can you turn when you are still out talented on a lot of nights or when, when the talent discrepancy is at least at best even, um, and you're still playing without a point guard and, 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 and I'll go one step further. You're still like in a perfect world, the Knicks wouldn't be still figuring things out 44 games into the season, but the Knicks are still figuring things out 44 games into the season. And that's because of, I don't need to go through all the reasons why they're still figuring things out 44 games into the season, but they're still figuring things out 44 games into the season. It seems like we've arrived at something that could maybe sort of work, which is that RJ initiates it. You know, Julius like kind of does his thing that he does, but there will be games where, again, teams are able to play them out of that based on what the Knicks aren't comfortable doing on any given night. Um, how do they counter that? Do they need to make yet another change to the starting lineup? Do they need to make another trade? Um, you know, do I mean, I don't know. Maybe they put Rose into the starting lineup when he comes back. I, I keep going back to that in my head. I don't know if that's the answer, but it's it's something I keep wondering. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, frustrating, incredibly frustrating. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis 
analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew's reminding me to to remind you to get the likes up. The likes do help us get noticed and and help us do what we do here. So um, thank you to everyone who can uh, gently push your, your mouse pad uh, to indicate that you are enjoying what you're watching. Uh, you don't know, 2G. What cards are available via trade that can help us versus the zone defense? I mean, it's any guard that has a handle and can shoot. That's all you really need. Um, and what guards are available via trade? Uh, that's a great question. And because I really am just looking for any excuse not to talk about this fucking game, um, I will give you some names, I guess. Um, Eric Gordon could help. I mean, I'm not, I don't know that I want to pay whatever the price is that the Rockets want, but you know, Eric Gordon is like one of those, he's not a point guard, but he's a better initiator slash ball handler. Um, than than Alec Burks is he's lighting it on fire from from defense from uh, long range uh, this year. You know Eric, Eric Gordon's a guy that would help. What do they give up for Eric? Gordon? You know I, I don't I don't know that the Knicks should be in the Eric Gordon business this year. Um, Eric Gordon to me is a guy like if you're a contender, go get Eric Gordon and and call it a day. Um, other guards who are available via trade. I mean, you know, I, I Sacramento. Are they going to make a trade? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I already mentioned Brunson. Br- Brunson's the obvious one. Brun- Brunson's the guy that they want. Brunson probably wants to be here. Can they get him? I, 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 I'm not gonna. I'm, I, I can only speculate on the Brunson trade conversation so much because I just don't know what. I just don't know what Dallas. I mean, does Dallas want to weaken their team this year? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, um, Malcolm Brogdon is uh, uh, would be great, except they can't trade him. Um, what? Uh, oh, um, yeah, it's really it. There's not a lot. Sorry. Uh, okay, let's keep it going. Uh, Chris Carter. Thank you for your contribution, even though your, your message got redacted somehow. Um, Andrew L. Chan, in the eighteen in the 2018 draft, Steve, oh, I'm going to like this comment. Steve Mills, Scott Perry, took Kevin Knox at nine, and the next five picks were. Are you sitting down? Do you have a comfort animal near you? A stuffed animal, something? A comfort object? My, Mikal Bridges, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Miles Bridges. Jerome Robinson, the other miss, and Michael Porter Jr. Need to hit on your lotto picks. You know, and like we don't we don't we don't need to talk about um Frank, who was also like there were some good players taken after Frank Milikina. Um Donovan Mitchell and uh Bam Adebayo being uh two of them. Um 
Yeah, it's really tough as an organization to continually miss on the draft and survive it. But the thing is, like, you don't need to always get the best guy. You just need to not waste your pick. Like, I don't know, is R.J. Barrett going to have a better career than Darius Garland? If you were a betting man right now, you'd probably bet that Garland was going to have the better career. Um, you know, I'm sure people will will fucking go crazy that I said that. I don't really care. Um, but, like, R.J. Barrett's a really good player. R.J. Barrett, based on what he's been doing and based on the pro, his everything, like – that guy maybe can make an all-star team one day. Maybe he makes several all-star teams. I have no idea. What I do know is that R.J. Barrett isn't a bust. R.J. Barrett is going to help basketball teams win basketball games for a very, very long time, um, even though he didn't necessarily do that today. Um, you can't just swing and miss on your draft picks. And, you know, like last year they took Obi Toppin with the eighth overall pick. And, like, I haven't really mentioned Obi today because I don't really know what there is to say. He came in, he had a nice game. Um any, I, I, I'm like any any Obi hate to me is displaced because we we haven't seen Obi in an ideal role. We haven't seen Obi get the time he probably deserves. Like it's not his fault he got drafted to a team behind a guy who is going to go on to to get MVP consideration. Like so, like I'm not saying Obi's a blown pick, but like you know that that remains to be seen. If like they took the guy that could help them most, um. Yeah, it's really fucking frustrating. That Knox pick is like, it's far it's far worse than the Frank pick. It's it's the worst. It's it's easily the worst. It's the it is the most. I said earlier, uh, a bunch of people gave me shit for it. I think I wrote earlier this year that like Frank was arguably the most detrimental pick in the history of the franchise. It's oh, it's Knox without question. I mean, to get fucking nothing out of that guy with those players, and they just could have fucking thrown a dart and taken any of the other ones, and it would have been better. Uh, shout out to Kevin Knox. Uh, okay. Uh, Zolo J. Um, we all know this, but watching this game just shows even more. We desperately need a point guard. We are so predictable on offense. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's predictable because like you play to your strengths and the more skill you have on the floor, the more strengths you have. And the Knicks don't have a lot of strengths. So if you're able to take away one of their strengths or two of their strengths, uh, you're in great position. Yes, but again, that's why they trade for Cam Reddish. That's why they're going to be in on, on Jalen Brunson. That's why they would have loved to get Fred Van Vliet. Um, that's why they would have given all of the money in the world to Chris Paul if he wanted to take it. Uh, like, it's not that they're not trying. They are trying, but they haven't gotten that guy yet. I I, I hope they get that guy soon. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, Dono... How do I pronounce this? Dono Louis? Uh, don't overreact. And I'm, I'm happy we haven't gotten a lot, of, a lot of overreactions yet tonight because we shouldn't overreact. It is one game. They have been playing very well. I don't – the thing I wanted to say earlier, and I don't think I said it explicitly, but, like, there, there were a lot of games this season where I finished watching the game and I'm like, oh, my God, this season is fucking done. I may not have said it out loud – but I was secretly thinking, like, this team is trash. I don't feel that way at all after this game. It was a bad game. But I still think they're going to be okay. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I'm happy we're not overreacting. Um, anyway, as I finish reading this comment, which may be an overreaction. 
But how many games have gotten out of hand because of lack of in-game adjustments seems Tibbs' weak spot. Again, you can in-game adjustments are great if you have different things to go to. Like, what did you want the Knicks to go to? I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely asking. Like, what did you want the Knicks to go to? What What did the Knicks – what could the Knicks do that they didn't do? Like, Miles Bridges was eating them alive in the first quarter and the Hornets were getting whatever they wanted on offense. And the Knicks ended up, by the end of the game, holding them to – far fewer points than um, they normally score. Is that an adjustment? I, I don't know. Um, the Knicks, like, I thought their offense had a, like, there was a lot of good stuff that they did on offense. They just couldn't finish. Like, they were getting good looks, didn't finish. They got good threes, didn't finish. Um, there, I mean, how many, like, the, I, I lo- again, I lost count of the number of times where it's like they had a great opportunity and they just like fumbled it like uh, the, the almost fast break where quickly threw it to like Grimes and Obi at the same time. And neither of them got it and went out of bounds like that sucked. The Fournier fucking miss dunk. That sucked. There were at least three or four other opportunities where it's like, oh, come on, guys. It's right there for you. And they didn't take advantage of it. That's not that's not coaching. That's execution. So, uh, again, I know I'm Mr. Thibodeau, but. This isn't the game to get on on Tibbs. Um, Kane Marco, take mob general. Mm. This is a delicious whiskey I'm drinking, by the way. The Knicks can't win when the refs don't let them play physical defense. It takes them right out of the game. I haven't mentioned the refs today, and I should have. The refs were atrocious today. I thought – actually, here, I'll give the Knicks some credit. I didn't even think the Knicks let the refs get in their heads. I actually thought the refs – we're really fucking the Knicks over, especially in the third quarter there. The Knicks tried to stay poised. But would the Knicks have won this game had it not been for the refs? No. The refs were not why they lost this game. But the refs were – I thought the whistle was atrocious tonight. And But here's the thing. It wasn't a fair whistle because I thought the, the Hornets were allowed to be physical with the Knicks. And the, a lot of those calls weren't made. So um, – yeah, but I also, again, I'm not going to blame the Knicks' early lack of physicality on the refs either. I, I, I think there was a there was a happy medium there that they, they could have found. Uh, good comment, though. Sheldon Gomes, I wish RJ had attempted at least one shot from the mid-range tonight. He had the space and opted for the pass out or difficult drives into traffic. Um yeah, and I mentioned I've mentioned it a few times this season, and uh, I think I mentioned it a couple games ago. Um, he had obviously the nice mid ranger to help close out the Hawks the other night. That mid ranger is so important for him. It's so important for him because he just like he doesn't have he doesn't have the handle that he's going to be able to like get beat defenses a lot. But that mid-ranger is always going to be there for him one way or another, even if it's if it's not on durable penetration, like if it's him catching and shooting. like. But he's not really comfortable with it, I think, yet. Um, you know who is comfortable with, with the mid-ranger is Emmanuel Quickly, and I love that he goes to that a lot. Um, what kind of whiskey is Macri drinking? You know, I should have brought the bottle over here. Um, if, my, if my wife can hear me at some point, maybe she could go – and retrieve the bottle because it is delicious. I got it from my cousin who uh, I think works for some company that distributes this in any case. 
Um, I'll, I'll get the bottle even if I have to get up and leave and come back before the end of the uh, live stream. Um, this is a quote from Mitchell Robinson, by the way. Nobody wants to lose. Plus, it's Tibbs' birthday, so I feel kind of bad. Yeah, happy birthday, Tibbs. Um, Emil Bumanso. What's going on, Emil? Always appreciate you coming in here. My issue with this team at times is their mental toughness when things are not going their way. The refs and bad offense was clearly in their heads. Um, here's the only pushback I'll give on that. It's not. A, it's a good comment. Um, I, I agree. They don't have the mental toughness that they did last season. I thought they actually showed some mental toughness in the third quarter when I, I think they were – I thought they defended not good but better and, like, good enough – to win most games and on offense, I thought they stayed engaged and I didn't think they resorted to selfish offense in the third quarter with one or two exceptions. Um, but the mental toughness for me was just out of the gate. Like again, like I, I wish they would have treated this game like, you know, game, game, whatever of a playoff series. Like and and they haven't and they haven't treated many games like that this year. It would have been nice if they treated this game like that this year. And the fact that they didn't, I think, is really what annoys me um, the most. So yeah, D D D one thirty seven. I love that name. I don't know why I love that name. People are mad at Randall, but not having caught the game, it seems like the main problem wasn't his offense or any any defense, but the rest of the team shooting. When the old when you hold the other team under a hundred, the problem is shooting. The only pushback I'll say, and I kind of said it at the beginning, is like if the Hornets needed to score more tonight, they would have scored more tonight. Um, Randall on offense, I didn't have an issue. It's like you want your best player to take what the other team gives you. And he was, he was taking what the other team gave him, which was three pointers. And he shot, I mean, I, I want to say his, he shot at least half of his shots tonight were from, were from deep. I didn't have a problem with the shot selection tonight. I did think on defense, there was not the, you know, we've seen Randall come out and, it be personal for him on defense. And that has not happened enough this year. Goes without saying. Yeah, sorry. Seven of his 16 shots were were on were from behind the arc. Um you know you can't like it was it, tonight was personal for Miles Bridges. I know that. It wasn't personal for Julius Randall. Like so I, I I'm here for a little criticism of Randall. Oh, Randall, I mean, I mean, we do have to acknowledge Randall was the guy guarding Miles Bridges for a lot of those early possessions. Uh, Jeremy E. R.J. Barrett is allowed an off game during a matinee, putting up 18, 12, and five. Yeah, hundred percent. If I and if I if I made it seem like I was like putting the loss on R.J., I'm not putting the loss on R.J. He just he didn't have a great game, just like nobody had a great game. Um, and he is allowed because he's been playing great. And he's 21 years old. And yes, I completely agree. It's a good comment. Um, I just want to, when, when there are things I see that I'm like, hey, it would be great if RJ got better at this thing, you know, I say it. Um, continuing Jeremy's comment, unlike all the other players we compare him to, he's never played with a point guard. 
yeah, that's a good comment. That's a good comment. He has never played with a, with a real, true, great point guard. You know, unless you want to say Kemba or, or Rose. I mean, but again, he, he doesn't he hasn't started games with Rose. He's played with Rose, and he's looked good with Rose. I love RJ and Rose together. They play great together. What a shocker. Um, and with Kemba, there were obviously a lot of issues there. So I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I agree with you, basically. Like, we, I'd love to see him with a solid starting point guard who can help unlock him and really compliment him. And, and we have not, uh, we have not seen that, um, yet. Um, okay. I think, oh no, hold on. We got, we got one more. Um, Dolores, is that you? I don't know. I was going to say, my, tell my wife to get this bottle. I may get up and get the bottle because we're almost done. Um, DDD137. I'll add to my other comment that that means this is basically not worrying, in my opinion. Uh, I want you to get something from the cabinet. The one with the Japanese writing on it. It's right there. It's the tall bottle with the brown liquid in it. It's the only one with Japanese writing that we have. Thank you. Because people want to know what I'm drinking because I said it was good. So this is Dewar's Blended Scotch Whiskey Japanese Smooth. Mizunara Oak Cask Finish. Product of Scotland. Now, I have no idea how on the same label it could say Japanese Smooth and Product of Scotland. Someone smarter than me can, can surely chime in on that. Um, aged eight years, John Doers, shout out to you. Um, anyway, sorry, I interrupted, uh, DDD's comment. Um, he's not wearing bad shooting games happen and aren't indicative of deeper problems on their own. Only if there's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, again, my, 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 my reason I'm, I am a little bothered by this game is, is it was a, a big game. Like, it was a big game. They really should have won this game, or they could have won this game had they come out really on their on their toes from, from, from moment one. You know what? And now Boston won. Obviously, Charlotte won. And lo and behold, the Knicks are in 11th place again. Um, a half a game back of two teams that are in a tie for, for ninth. Uh, you know, it's like at some point you got to make your push. I thought maybe we were seeing the Knicks push. I had... I had dreams of um, like sweeping this homestand. Obviously, that's not going to happen at this point. You, at this point, you'd probably take two and two. Although I, I'd still love three and one. Um, but the, again, I keep referencing it. And I don't mean to be the harbinger of doom here, but uh, the schedule is going to get really tough. So, you know, next three games are really big. This game was big. Next three games are big. Um. Dono Lou Louie, um, regarding in-game adjustments, Evan can only shoot. Other than that, he's useless. I don't know about that. He put the ball on the floor. He doesn't do it enough. Uh, we see Julius take minutes from Obi even when he's playing like trash. Not specific to the game, but it's been a problem. Um, I, I Again, I don't think Julius played like trash tonight. I think Julius had an average to slightly below average game, which was just like everybody else. And again, it, like – I may be in the minority, but to me, like playing Obi 25 minutes tonight, like wasn't, I don't know that that was changing the outcome. I, I, and I, and I am remiss to point out that 
the bench's success in both the second quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, when, by the way, they couldn't score, um, came against the Hornets backups and the Hornets are really thin. Uh, so, you know, there is a massive difference between the Hornets starters and the Hornets backups. Uh, I just, I do want to just throw that out there. Um, okay. I think that's it. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We're going to keep it under 40 minutes today. Uh, again, hope everybody has a, a happy rest of your holiday and we will see you after the game tomorrow night against Minnesota when hopefully I will have a more positive disposition. Peace out, everybody. Talk to you soon.